You are listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Now, here is more to the story. Welcome to the Forefront Church Podcast. We are talking ceremonies, events, opening day baseball, maybe even a little Mm -hmm. playoff hockey today. So with us today, Pastor Drew Tarwater, how you doing today? I'm good, Rob. Always good to bring in another end of one season, moving into the beginning of another with you, my friend. Absolutely. Pastor Darren Enns is out today. He is visiting some family in the Midwest. So without any further, let's talk some baseball. No, I, it's, it's that time of year, Drew. Like, it's, like you said, it's in between seasons. Like we're in between basketball and baseball season. You know, football season's ended and we're going into now. Like it's in the seasons out here in Colorado doesn't really feel like they've changed yet. Like I like they should be changing. Like I want to get my bike out. I want to go for hikes, but I'm stuck in my basement. It's still snowing, man. One of these days it's going to, the sun's going to shine and it's going to warm up. It's, and it's probably going to go from like 30 degrees to like 90. That's it's what not, it does. We're going to like, we're <laughs> going to lose spring. Oh so. yeah, it's true. So yeah. So today we're talking about communion and some of those ceremonies. So one of the questions I had for you is like thinking about this is, when, with communion versus like the Old Testament, there, there's a lot of ceremonies and events that were, you know, like Jewish and Old Testament, you know, they go through. And in the New Testament, it's more like baptism and communion. Right. Like, wh- like what, like what's the jump there? Why'd we go there? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. You think about, you read the Old Testament and you'll see that there's a lot of rules and regulations around ceremonies and Everything from feasts and festivals to how you're supposed to wash, you know, your hands before you eat, and it's it's often really interesting. If you look at the Old Testament, you'll see that there are seven feasts or festivals that um, God puts into the sacred calendar, and the reason He does it is to help people remember. Um, the big one that we are going to talk about today, and that we're approaching Easter, is Passover. And you know, for those that are familiar with the Old Testament story of God rescuing his people out of Egypt. He has this, this uh, event called Passover where um, they basically, the, it's the last plague in, in, in Egypt to release God's people from slavery. And they, they sacrifice a lamb. They paint the lamb's blood over the doorpost. And then the angel of death passes over those homes. And that plague strikes the people of Egypt. And so then the Pharaoh says, let my people go. And so part of the annual fast, the annual feast of Passover or of unleavened bread, which is the actual feast name. And then there was the Passover, which was part of that. The Passover meal was to help the people of Israel remember. And so it was this, this um, celebration, this ceremonial thing they did, but it was all about helping them remember. And so that, you know, they, we as people are so easily forget. And so you think about our culture, right? Like what yeah. are some of the things we do, Rob, that help us remember in our calendar? I mean, we, we have a lot of different things. Oh, think yeah. About it. Uh, birthdays. Right. 
Yep, birthday parties. You celebrate your birthday. That's the you know, and you know, if your family and friends typically gather on your birthday when you're little, and then when you're old, right? And in the middle, yeah. you try to forget that you're <laughs> right. having a birthday, right? Right. And then, Anniversaries. Uh, yeah. Right? No, absolutely. I'm approaching on number three right now. Hey, man, that's good. That's yeah, I love it. I can't believe it's already been three. I know. Yeah, right? You know, if you miss that one, then your lady is going to be pretty mad. If you you know, so you, you have to celebrate and there's this piece of remembrance around your anniversary. It's a big deal. Absolutely. So do you find, so you've been married a little bit longer than I have. I, we, we don't have to, I want to ask you for 13. the number. 13. 13 years. Yeah. Do you find that you use your wife's brain for your brain now, like on the calendar? You're like, is there something this week I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for Google shared calendars, we'd all be a lot more stressed out. <laughs> we are now. It's, it's multiple times a day or at least a week I'm going what what time are we that was supposed to be there on Tuesday? Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, uh, praise God for you know wives that are brilliant and technology. Absolutely. I'm not. <laughs> Absolutely. So like birthdays, anniversaries, are things we do now to sort of celebrate in remembrance right. of. Yeah, and we're joking around about baseball season opening day. Opening yeah. day is a ceremony in Denver. Uh, when I was in Kansas City, you know, I didn't miss an opening day for like 12 years straight. I mean, wow. opening day in baseball season is that kickoff that spring is here and America's favorite pastime is back. And, and that's I know ceremony. a ton of people that took that day off of work. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I'm from Germany. It's like, it's baseball, but it's a day game. Like you said, it's that ceremonial. There's a, all the pomp and circumstance at the, at the game more than usual. Yeah, 4th of July, we go shoot fireworks. Why do we do that? Well, because it's fun, you know. It's, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. But also, it's to celebrate and remember, right, into independence, yeah. you know, what what our forefathers did in this country. So I think we do a lot of things to celebrate uh, and, and to remember, you know. And so that was really what the seven feasts and festivals in the Old Testament were about, is remembering and okay. having these ceremonies built around. And so it's at one of these, right, the, the Passover dinner that Jesus has with his disciples, that he actually gives us the Lord's Supper or communion as, as you know, the kind of interchangeable terms, as a new way for the church, for, for Jesus' followers to remember and um, celebrate what he did for us on the cross. So he really takes seven feasts and festivals that are in the Old Testament to help people remember, and he brings them down to one. Hmm communion. But then we also see that Jesus adds baptism in there. And we call those, Rob, the two ordinances of the church. So we say, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What do we have to do to follow Jesus? Well, we have to believe, right? Mm -hmm. There's only two things we have to do after we believe. We get baptized to say, I believe. That's a celebration that symbolizes to the world that we're Christ followers. And then we take communion together as a church as often as we do it. Some churches do it weekly, we do it monthly. Some even do it quarterly. But we take communion together as a church as that celebration and remembrance what Jesus did for us on uh, on the cross. No, absolutely. Would you, so those the guidances of Christianity, as you called them, did I get that term right? Yeah, the ordinances. Ordinances, sorry. Those aren't, for, from your knowledge, is that those aren't required for salvation. Right, right. That's a great... That's a great clarification to make. So the the one thing the Bible is very clear on, Rob, is that, you know, it's we are saved by grace through faith, right? Ephesians yep. 2, 8 through 10, right? And so the idea is that salvation comes only through faith. And it's it's uh, our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross 
and that he rose from the grave. But then Jesus says, as my followers, I want you to do two things. Um, I want you to take communion together as a church. And then when you believe and you put your faith in me, I want you to get baptized to symbolize to the world that you are my follower. And so if you don't get baptized or you don't take communion, it doesn't, you don't lose your salvation. But it's kind of that idea of obedience, right? Yeah. Like when Jesus, when we believe that Jesus died for us and rose from the grave and then he asks us to do something, we probably should do it, <laughs> you know? That seems, that seems reasonable. You know, it's like when you're, when you're a kid and your dad's like, hey, when you're, you get your license and your dad's like, hey, I'll pay your car insurance as long as you keep the car clean. You probably put gas should keep in it. The, and put gas in it. You probably should keep the car clean, right? Because I don't want to pay that 150 bucks a month for yeah. not being 25 years old yet. And so, so say you were letting one of your kids use one of your cars. It was clearly your car for whatever reason. You had an extra vehicle. They've turned 16 and become a responsible driver. And then you had, say, someone like a brother or someone come in town. How much yeah. gas would you expect to be in that car when you're like, hey? Let your uncle use the car for the week because they're in town. You know, sorry for you, but we'll help make arrangements to get you where you need to be because you can't go places. But you know what? It's not your car. We're going to let, you know, family member use it while they're visiting. How much gas would you expect to be in that car? Now, you know, now as as an adult, uh, as someone who pretends to be an adult, (laughs) um, who is now 41, I think it should be a half tank at least. Uh, But... 16-year-old Drew probably would leave about an eighth of a tank in that car. <laughs> we, we were in North Carolina a few weeks ago, and that happened to my nephew. We, had, we were using, you know, it wasn't his car, but the car he uses. And he left us about 40 miles till empty. <laughs> and we're just like, come on. You basically said, here's the car, and you get a chore along with it. Yeah, good good luck. Finding <laughs> oh, well, station. we told his dad. We said it in jest, but oh, boy. He, that you know, I, I don't have it because I'm not a dad, but I'm sure you have it with your kids. It's that dad look like you're not oh, saying yeah. a word, and the kid is just like wilting. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a look for sure. So, sorry, I'm easily, easily digress. But so then with like, how does the Passover or the Last Supper communion, how does that tie into the Old Testament? You said it combined like seven into one. Like what's, yeah. help me out there. Yeah. And so, you know, Jesus, Jesus basically takes this thing that was meant for remembrance. So imagine the Passover meal. Mm-hmm. They were sit down once a year. They took Passover together as their families and they would sit down and they would eat what's called the Seder plate. And uh, you just if you're listening to this, when you have time, Google Seder plate. It's just how do you spell uh, Seder? Uh, S E D E R okay. Seder plate, and this is what you would eat at the Passover meal. And so, at on, on this plate were items that would help you remember what happened in Egypt when God delivered them through the Passover. So they would eat unleavened bread because if you remember the story, they were said, you know, don't make bread with with yeast in it, right? Mm-hmm. Make unleavened bread because it's faster, right? And so that's why it was called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, because the idea was they would make this bread and they could eat it fast because they didn't have time to wait for it to rise like like you would with yeast because they had to hit the road the next day. So on this Passover meal, Jesus and his disciples are all sitting together and they're having the traditional Passover meal the same way a a Jewish family would today. So you'd have uh, unleavened bread called matzo, and then you would have a lamb shank called zeroa, and it would be roasted. Because they ate lamb the night before they left Egypt to go across the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Then you would have a mix of fruits and nuts that symbolize the mortar the Jews would use to build the pyramids. Mm. You would have this cup of bitter herbs to remind them of the bitterness of slavery. You would have a, a chopped veggies that you would dip pita bread in. 
um, that was to symbolize the tears of the Israelite slaves. And then you would have an hard-boiled egg, which would uh, re represent sacrifice. And so the night that Jesus gets arrested, he's sitting there with his disciples. He's having the Last Supper, right? He's telling them about all the things that are getting ready to happen. And then they're eating this meal together, and they're all dipping their, you know, imagine you got, you know, you go out to a, a Mediterranean restaurant, you got pita bread, and you're tearing mm -hmm. it apart, and you're dipping it in the, in the dip and the sauce and the hummus and all that stuff. And this is what the scene is when Jesus then takes bread and he takes wine, both staples of the Passover meal. You know, you didn't really drink water in those days because the water was gross, right? It was like running water in a creek. Uh, that people wash their clothes in and, and other things. And so often wine was the safest thing to drink because the alcohol would cleanse the water, right? And wine in those days was very low alcohol content. So they would drink wine. And so Jesus takes this wine and this bread and he says, okay, this bread is going to represent my body. It's going to be broken for you. And this wine, this cup is going to represent my blood, which is going to be spilled for you on the cross. And the disciples didn't get it yet. But later on, they look back and they remember what Jesus said. He said, every time you eat together and you drink the wine and eat the bread, do this in remembrance of me. And so Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper or communion, as we call it often, as this new way to remember. So gone are the seven feasts and festivals that reminded them of what God did to be faithful in the Old Testament. And now, I mean, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong if you want to go to Israel and take part in the Festival of Unleavened Bread as a Christian. That's fun, right? But now, those seven things, they don't. we don't need to be reminded anymore of God bringing the people out of Egypt. What we need to be reminded of is Jesus going to the cross. And that's why communion is such a big deal. It seems like this thing that's kind of something we do at the church and, um, okay, it sounds fun, let's do it. Or And it can become kind of a routine for us. But it's supposed to be this remembrance ceremony that we do that symbolizes what God did for us and reminds us of the ultimate act of God's faithfulness, which was Jesus going to the cross to give his life for our sins. No, absolutely. So it's interesting how all that ties together from the Old Testament to the New Testament right. to what, it, what he's then, you know, you know, giving us the ordinances to do, as you said, you know, to sort of, you know, the public pro, uh, the public affirmations of our faith. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's this idea of communions. Um, every, almost every church has their view of what communion. They, they look and see what Jesus says. You know, Jesus, when he talks about being the bread of life in John, he um, heals the, he feeds the 5,000, he walks on water. The people come to him and they're like, Jesus, give us more of this food. And Jesus is like, the bread of, I'm the bread of life. Um, and so, you know, and then he says this really crazy thing. He talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And so there has been, and really it's, he's talking about just the symbolic idea of oh, believing yeah. it, you know, believing in Jesus is like, we, we, we live off of our faith. Like our faith mm -hmm. is what strengthens us for life, right? Um, Jesus is the one that gives us spiritual life because he's the spiritual bread and the spiritual drink. Well, there have been some church traditions that have taken what Jesus said and made it literal. And so there's four main views. Let me give you four main views real quick okay. of communion or the Lord's Supper. Okay, and number so, one. Yeah, number one. Well, let me say this first. Okay. If you grew up Catholic or Lutheran or Baptist or Presbyterian, you're going to 
and you're listening to this podcast, you're going to kind of see that the church you grew up in often will take one of these views. So most churches fall within these four. Okay. Um, the first one is transubstantiation. Now, this is a really interesting one. Um, this is largely the Roman Catholic view. So this is the idea that when you take communion, that the blood or the cup and of uh, uh, wine and the bread, the, the body and the blood of Jesus, actually transform. So the transubstantiation view is that the, the body and the blood of Christ are actually there. So when you eat the bread, it transforms into this literal flesh of Jesus. That That's Jesus gross. Fit, it's super gross. And this is, again, the, the Catholic Church has taken what Jesus talked about, eat my flesh, drink my blood, and making it literal. Yeah. Tied in with communion, right? Yeah. So the idea is that when we drink the cup, it's juice or wine when we drink it, but after we drink it, in it turns into it transubstantiates uh, into. Is it in this? One, yeah. Well, is that why? Like, like even Paul was going out there defending, like in the the early apologetics of the faith was going, we're not cannibals. Yeah. Right. Because people would hear that and like, what we're drinking Jesus blood and eating his flesh is like no 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 we're not cannibals like we're not it's it's a symbolic but the catholic church has this view of transubstantiation that it actually turns into uh, jesus flesh and his blood which my opinion on this rob is that that this is uh, it undermines the finality and uh, of jesus because if every time jesus is dying again when we take communion right it's like this little sim this little uh, re death of Jesus' body and blood again, then it takes away from what he did that one time on the cross. So yeah. I, that's why I think the transubstantiation view is, is lacking. Yeah. That it, misses it takes the away from picture. the symbolic of like, it's it okay. Does. Especially with, the, it's kind of interesting, like the, the Catholic church does a ton of symbolism and doesn't want this to be symbolic. Right. It, 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 it seems backwards, doesn't it? Yeah. That's so interesting. So, yeah. Okay. So number two. Number two, consubstantiation. So notice trans versus con. Okay. okay, so here, now this is kind of a Lutheran view. This was really started by Martin Luther back in the 1500s, you know, okay. the, the, one of the fathers of the Reformation. And so this one, if you grew up in a Lutheran church, chances are consubstantiation is kind of the view that you grew up with. You may not know it, but, but it, it is. And so the idea was this, and this is what Martin Luther said, that the bread and wine don't literally become the body and blood of Jesus like the Catholic church would say they are. But Jesus is still spiritually present in, under, and through the elements. That's what the idea of con means, with. Hmm. So in, instead of changing, like change substantiation, transubstantiation, con means with. So, so like Jesus' body and blood are spiritually with the elements when you take them. Right? Mm -hmm. um, now, and, and of course, they, they wouldn't say that the elements themselves change. So that's the second, that's the second one. Okay, the third three. one is memorial. Right, so it's it's called the memorial view, or what I would call is you probably heard me say this is the symbolic view, and this is really if you grew up in a Baptist church, uh, this is probably the view you grew up with. Um, this was also this view also came out of the Reformation. Um, th here's the idea that it, it, and this is what we teach here at Forefront. Right, this is what I I would I would say the Bible is solid on is that the blood and the and the body the blood and the body of Jesus the bread and the cup are symbols right the cup symbolizes Jesus blood and the bread symbolizes Jesus body and so there there's no mystical action here uh it's truly a memorial you know Christ Jesus is present with us as we take communion but but there's no mystical um 
situation going on with the bread of the cup. Okay. Right? And then the last view is what's called the spiritual presence view. Now, this is if you grew up Presbyterian, uh, this is probably the the view that um, that you grew up with. And so this one comes from John Calvin, you know, mm-hmm. who um, you know very reformed position coming out of the out of the uh, Protestant Reformation. But it's the idea. Um, basically, Calvin rejected the idea of physical change, and he also. Um, he, he didn't like the memorial idea either because he thought it was a little bit lacking. He thought it was just too simple. Mm-hmm. So what, what Calvin thought was what, that Christ was spiritually present in a special way, but not physically present. So mm-hmm. that, that when you take communion, that Christ is spiritually with you when you take it, right? Now, um, at, at the memorial view would say that, hey, we believe that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, lives in his people, right? And yeah. in his church. That was going to um, be my question there. It's like right. there's... It seems to be. It's almost like redundant idea. Yeah, it's just the the it's just a little bit different, a slight difference. Well, we're well, we would say the memorial view is literally it's a symbol. Um, John Calvin and the the spiritual presence view would say that um, that when we take communion, there is a true sharing in Christ that tr- takes place. Like there's this there's something spiritual that happens when you take communion. Whereas the memorial view says, hey, it's a symbolic view. So it's a very small difference, if you can yeah. see it there. Um, you know, I would say that the spiritual presence view, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that one. Um, the consubstantiation view, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily see it, uh, but I can understand this idea that, like, Jesus is with you when you take that communion. I hold to the memorial view that truly is a symbolic thing, which is what baptism is too, right? Baptism yeah. is, is symbolism. And I think, again... Just like the seven feasts and festivals were in the Old Testament, it was symbolic to help people remember God's faithfulness. That's what communion is, and that's what the Lord's Supper is. It's memorially this symbolic ceremony that we do to remember God's faithfulness with Jesus on the cross. Yeah, no, that makes a lot lot of sense. I'm I'm glad communion is what he said, do this in remembrance of me, instead of go walk on water like I did. (laughs) Right, yeah. So yeah, like, go jump mm. off the pinnacle of the temple and you're, you know, it's like, no, just, no, no, just when you do what you're going to eat anyways. And so when you gather together as your church and you yeah. eat, eat bread and wine and drink juice or wine and do it in remembrance of me. And what's funny, Rob, is the early church would do this every time they got together, probably each Sunday when they got together for church, they would remember it's small house churches at first. Yeah. There weren't, you know, big you know, they, or they were meeting in a synagogue, but it was a smaller number of people. They would have dinner together. But what would happen is people would come in, they would drink too much of the wine, or they'd eat all the food before somebody else got there. And so Paul actually criticizes them in the book of 1 Corinthians. Oh, yeah? Because it's supposed to be a symbol. It's supposed to be a remembrance. It's not supposed to be this whole meal that we do. Hmm. Um, you know, it's not a party. It's a remembrance. It's a little bit of a ceremony where we remember, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think as a church, what we do is very simple to take it together on Sundays, but you could gather with your family and friends and, and take communion together, just having dinner. You know, ultimately it's the heart behind it. Why do you do it? We do it to remember what Jesus did for us. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Interest, interesting thoughts today, Drew. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun to talk about. I'd want, I, I, we're running out of time, so 
I'll ask on a future one, or don't let me forget, is especially with talking about the, you know, the Old Testament, like festivals and feasts and stories, how that, did you learn more about that on your trip to Israel a few, few weeks back? Oh yeah, so we, 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 let's come back to that for sure. So we, I'm curious in what your thoughts are actually after going out there and probably seeing some of that and where it actually happened. So I'm still a nerd for history and can't wait to talk to you more about that in the near future. Absolutely. Let's do that, man. That sounds good. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you. If you're listening, if you've got questions, thoughts, concerns, send them to us at life at forefrontchurch.tv. Or if you're at Forefront Church on Sunday, which we'd gladly welcome you to come visit. If you've got questions and thoughts, come visit us there on Sundays. And there's a there's a communication cards there. Go drop write your question on there. Drop them in the box. Uh, Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren will get a hold of those and follow up with those appropriately. So once again, thank you so much for listening. Pastor Drew Tarwater, thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. Good to be with you, buddy. And I'm Rob Blasey. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of More to the Story.